Kevin. <laughs> Folks, look at all of that. All of TV that. channeling. <laughs> and I'd like to welcome everybody who is here for the live broadcast of TV channeling. My name is Tachi. And my name is Kevin Williams. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> Kevin Williams. He's, he's put his last name on. He's too important well, for just... Oh, Kevin. well, there's too many Kevins. There's just too many. There's only one Kevin. Kevin Williams. Ah, oh, well, I I agree, but the world seems to disagree. <laughs> ah, world without end. Anyway, let's keep going. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff that we want to talk about today. We've got some things happening in film news and TV news. And shall we get started, sir? Yeah, let's get the party started. Let's get... Okay, we don't have rights to that, so I shan't be singing it. Um, lest we be sued by uh, one will I am. So, Encanto, let's talk a little bit about what's happening at the box office. Encanto has chimed in with $70 million globally. That's pretty good. Now, again, we have to remember that we're talking about a holiday weekend here, and people are already conditioned to go to movies and see things then. So that's happening. Um, Also... um, the how we have we're going to talk about this in a minute, but the House of Gucci, as well. Um, the uh, in the international box office, though, Encanto came in a little bit lower than they had hoped, twenty nine point three million. So that seventy million is globally what it made. Okay, they did meet their global projection, though it didn't do it. Only did about thirty million. Um, uh, on the globe in the global box office by itself or the international box office. So this animation had a 92% fresh score on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't even know what Rotten Tomatoes counted like that. Oh yeah, no, it's always, it's a percentage of how fresh. It's a percentage. Yes, yeah. So that's a it's a good freshness. It's pretty fresh, not spoiled at all. Um, but the thing is, even though that's pretty good. They, they're saying that it probably suffered from increasing COVID concerns in some markets um, and a lack of rush out factor for this new stuff. So there was a little bit of suffering because of that. So um, also there is the House of Gucci, right? A new milestone out uh, also for James Bond. Um, no Time to Die has now surpassed Spectre to become the second biggest 007 movie ever and the third highest grossing title of all time in the market. That is shocking to me that okay. that did that well. I guess maybe people really were um, invested in the idea that this was Daniel Craig's last time out in the role of James Bond. But, you know, we also don't know if the effect was also people just need to get out of the house so any old movie will do. I'm not saying it wasn't good, and I'm not saying that it wasn't stellar. I just don't know. It, see, we'll never really know if that is the effect because we, we also are still in a pandemic. So Yeah, but, you know, there, I think that it has to say something about how people feel about Bond or at least uh, Daniel Craig because there are many other movies that have come out post-pandemic that have not gotten that kind of attention and made nowhere near that kind of money. So I, I don't think it's any movie will do. 
Yeah, that's true. Not any movie will do. Maybe any old movie will do. I'm kidding. Anyway, but 129.9 million is what they are cuming overall so far. So, um, yeah, that's what's happening box office-wise. Remember, there are not as many that come out at the same time because, again, COVID. But well, uh, I, I do want to say something there. Something else about box office uh, that's ahead. kind of shocking news to me, and this is in the middle of a pandemic still, is uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, which is opening yes. on December 17th. It actually, it's, it's uh, pre-movie sales are literally outpacing things like uh, Black Widow um, and even even uh avengers it's 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 pre-sales are, are outpacing that so people really are hungry for this uh latest spider-man installment absolutely oh I, f- I forgot to tell you uh the boss baby family business debuted to 23 million and is now at 85.4 million overseas uh, I did forget to also tell you about what Encanto is high, but Encanto is also the highest animated opening of the pandemic in Brazil, France, Spain, Belgium, Indonesia, Argentina, Ecuador, Central America, and a bunch of South American countries as well. So, interesting. Way to represent Disney. Oh, I don't know why I said that. Anyways. <laughs> Here we go. Let's keep going. Um, There is unfortunately a big loss to the world of fashion. You all probably heard about this. Virgil Abloh, who is the or was the artistic director for Louis Vuitton and Off-White, passed away at the age of 41 from cancer on Sunday. Now, if you don't know him, you don't know Off-White, at least you probably know Louis Vuitton. Off-White is a huge streetwear brand that he founded. He then subsequently became the artistic director of Louis Vuitton and did things like, I remember I reported about the airplane bag that he designed a, a whole lot of different things. And he was really a a groundbreaking force in terms of that. Of course, he is, if I'm not mistaken, he was also the first black artistic director of uh, Louis Vuitton. So he was groundbreaking in that sense as well. So he kept it quiet. He uh, did not say much about what he was dealing with. It reminds me of the whole thing with Chadwick uh, Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing, you know, kind of suffering in silence or at least just close people knowing what was going on. No, to and complete this... surprise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is the statement that uh, came out. We are devastated to announce the passing of our beloved Virgil Abloh, a fiercely devoted father, husband, son, brother, and friend. He is survived by his loving wife, Shannon Abloh, his children, Lo Abloh and Gray Abloh, his sister, Edwina Abloh, and his parents, Ni and Eunice Abloh, and numerous dear friends and colleagues. So apparently he was battling with this rare, aggressive form of cancer for the past two years called cardiac angiosarcoma. And I'd never even heard of it. And so he was diagnosed in 2019, but chose to undergo it uh, silently. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. He was such a force in the world of fashion. And from what I've seen, I've seen all sorts of posts on social media, and people were saying what a great person he was, how nice he was, etc. And he will truly be missed. Oh, he definitely will be. And I wouldn't be surprised with uh, the kind of groundbreaking stuff he did in his career if ultimately one day there wouldn't be a biopic about him 
Oh, it's coming. I'm sure it's already in the works. I'm I'm telling you. So, you know, he the things that he did were talking points basically. So he did this sparkly embroidered bib for uh Timothy Chalamet at the Golden Globes in 2019. And other versions of this were then worn by Michael B. Jordan and Chadwick Boseman. And how ironic is that, right? Um, and then he was also really form, uh, famous for cross collaborations, especially off-white by Nike or off-white times Nike designs he was really known for. He also did some collaborations with Kanye West. So, you know, he's um, he was well known in the celebrity world as, as a force, so he will be missed. Well, if they do do a biopic about him, uh, I'm sure his family will probably not be happy and be suing and uh, running down whoever the director and producer is of that story. Much like what's going on with uh, Ridley Scott and uh, the family, uh, the Gucci family. Absolutely. You want to talk about it? You want me to talk about it? I was trying to like help you transition over to that story. Okay, well, thank you. And you kept batting it away like a kitten with yarn. I'm like, I keep trying to, like, let's go to the next story. And you're like, no. No, because <laughs> no, I wasn't finished. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit about this whole thing. So you already know the House of Gucci uh, is out. And the Gucci family has actually slammed this uh, piece by Ridley Scott. And they're hinting at legal action. So the heirs to the Gucci fashion empire have uh, hinted at this possible legal action and said this, the Gucci family reserved the right to take every initiative necessary to protect their name and image and those of their loved ones. This is according to uh, Gucci Cha chairman Aldo Gucci said in a statement uh, by ANSA, which is the Ita Italian wire service. And this just came out on Monday. Uh, the Gucci family is saying this, that Scott and the producers of How to Gucci did not bother to consult any of the heirs before portraying their family members as, quote, and I quote directly, thugs, ignorant and insensitive to the world around them. So who was in this uh, wonderful biopic? Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, Jared Leto. Is it Leto or Leto? I, I pronounce it Leto. I thought it was Leto too. Anyway, uh, Jeremy Irons and Al Pacino. And the only person that's Italian is Al Pacino in this one, isn't it? No, I think Lady Gaga is too. Anyway. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. All right. So two out of five. Anyway, so uh, it's a true crime saga um, in the turbulent years that led to the murder of Maurizio Gucci, who was the head of House of Gucci. Uh, the Milan fashion house. So Gaga plays Black Widow, quote, according to the Hollywood Reporter, uh, Patrizia Reggiani, and who was an Italian socialite and was convicted of hiring a hitman to kill her ex-husband, Maurizio Gucci, and she spent 18 years in prison. Wow. Well, the funny thing about this uh, is the Gucci family, they do not have a poker face when it comes to how they feel about this film. <laughs> at all <laughs> at all you would be able to read you could read all their cards uh, in fact some might even say this is a bad romance okay i'm gonna stop but anyway but um oh Lord. I, honestly <laughs> I, the funny thing is whenever families come out against a biopic it only makes me want to see it more i don't know why they do it because honestly whenever i hear a, a movie a biopic either being an authorized telling of somebody's story or 
uh, a person whose uh, story is being told gets on board and starts promoting it and saying how good it is. A perfect example is there is a movie about uh, the father of uh, Venus and Serena Williams. They have come out in support of this film, which means there's no reason to go see it. Ah, oh, that's terrible. It, it's terribly true, yes. Oh my gosh. You just want drama, Kevin. That's I want all. the reality. If, if you're going to have, if you're going to be telling your own story or co signing on a story that's being told about your life, you know it's going to put you in the best, the most flattering light. It's it's going to be a warped version of the truth. So I want somebody to be, who can stand back, who's not emotionally invested, and can look at it and tell the story of what happened and try to tell the truest story, most accurate telling of uh, of this particular pivotal moment in history or pivotal moment in these people's lives. But, but you, when you, but, but you know what? You, it, it, go ahead. I was gonna say when you are basically uh, controlling the narrative of your like of your own story or a loved one's story. You can't, your love for them, your, your respect for them and their memory is going to shade what you want covered and what you don't want covered or glossed over. I mean, that's true, and that could be true in some senses, but I think that you really need to work with the families of, of whatever. You can't just go off on your own and go off of uh, the unauthorized biography or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think there needs well, that's what to I'm be going a... off of. I well, want your... I, there you needs keep to be your authorized biography. There needs to be uh, there needs to be cooperation because you you how how are we sure that what you are perceiving is the truest depiction of that either? It's just a different depiction. So I really feel yeah the, that yeah the difference is mine is true and yours isn't. Yeah, that's the no, difference. that's not true. That's yeah, not, that's you can't say that. You cannot say that. No one is more drama filled, which Kevin likes, and the other is not. That's what that is because you can't you cannot as a person that is not part of the family or a person that is not the individual that themselves, you cannot just go off of what you think is, is going to be accurate. You need to actually um, consult with the family, and just also out of fairness. To me, you just don't go and do whatever, also out of fairness. Now, again, what you said could be true. Okay, so, oh, so, oh, so uh, Gucci family, was your mother a manipulative whore uh, who, uh, who was a social climber and uh, was having sex with, the, uh, with, the, with everybody, uh, uh, busboys at, at fancy restaurants? Oh, you don't think your mother was a whore? Oh, okay. All right. So we'll make her. Uh, we'll make her a vestal virgin. All right. Thanks. Be okay, a good but movie. see, though, no, you're taking it too far now because nobody's saying to make it what it's not. But I'm saying that it needs to have balance because, in the name of wanting to have so much drama, there could be all this stuff in there that's not 100% true, and you would be liable for it because you're like, well, nobody asked me. We would have told you. That's why, really, well, yes, from a liability, go ahead. I said, Tasha, we could do a movie about how all of her good works uh, volunteering at soup kitchens on Thanksgiving, or we could talk about all those uh, hot busboys that she was having sex with. So, mm, okay, which, but see, this is why it's going to be a better story. Uh -huh, and which movie is more likely to get sued? I'm just saying that there's money to be lost that way as well. So there, there needs to be a true depiction and it involves a balance of people who can stand back and look objectively and notes from the family. I'm just saying. All I'm saying is uh, also when it comes to this Gucci family thing, 
if they're going to sue, you know, why are you doing stories? Why are you, why are you releasing statements? You have, if anybody has the power to release, release the hounds, release the lawyers, it's you. Your words are hollow until, uh, uh, until people uh, in suits and briefcases show up. So stop talking and start calling your attorneys and make something happen. If you're going to sue, actually sue. All you're doing now is helping this movie that you claim is live to get more publicity. Why are we talking about it? Because you guys are saying how much, how untrue this, uh, this story uh, of uh, this story about this woman, uh, you know, uh, trying to kill your father was. So are you saying that if there is a biography or autobiography or whatever the case may be, it would be a biography uh, biopic that came out that the, the family that is directly involved with it has not, should have nothing to say about it. Is that it? I would not. I would not consult them. I would consult people around them. I guess you could talk to them if you wanted to, and then basically just throw everything that you've written down, what they said out, and um, and look at other people that aren't emotionally tied to it. I mean, if you're going to do a biopic about somebody and the fact that like they had a secret family, the the members of the family that was a public family aren't going to be happy about that. They're going to like want well, you talking about their secret family. So that's just how it is. You're not going to get a. You're not going to get an accurate picture of who they are from their children okay i mean and obviously obviously there is truth to that yes but i'm still going to stand in that you need to have both sides for a balanced point of view okay and maybe it's because i'm a journalist that's why i'm looking at a balanced point of view now at the end of the day you are the one that makes the determination as to what that balance is in the final film definitely but you can't say because now if if it's true that they didn't consult with anybody they are at fault why didn't you at least pick up the phone and do xyz that way you've covered yourself they haven't covered Wait, there themselves is no here. legal responsibility when you're doing a biopic of somebody who is in the public eye that you have to consult their children on it and um, and, ha- and how would that have changed the story basic other than like when she's having sex with some bus boy she goes like you know what i gotta go because i gotta go work in a soup kitchen right after this but thanks for the good times so no there's no legal responsibility but there is a moral responsibility and you can be sued after the fact so legality Legality does come into it because if it was all right, there would be no lawsuit now. Or, or looking, they're not suing yet. Looking, yeah, they're at not. Lawsuit. They're not suing, and they're not gonna sue. It's like if you were actually gonna sue, you'd do something as opposed to releasing statements. Because all these statements do is is keep this movie in the public eye and um, and keep people talking about it and and actually promote themselves. Rid- Ridley Scott could not be giddier about them uh, threatening to sue about this movie. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I, I guess I'm taking it beyond just this film that it's, it, this is for anything. Okay, so for example, the movie Green Book, right? That was based off of a character that is from the area that I live in, in the Miami, um, Miami actually. So the family was not 100% happy with the portrayal and things like that. And we have to remember, a lot of these things, they are embellished for Hollywood, you know what I'm saying? So, because otherwise it would be a documentary and that's not what they're in the business of making. So that's why they always have uh, inspired by the events of XYZ. But, you know, there's a lot of embellishment that goes on and they weren't happy necessarily with it. So I don't know where it went from there or what the negotiations were, but 
when you look at things like that, especially when it's something that deals with the family and it's there's for historical accuracy, yeah, they may sit there and lie about certain things. But you need, I think you need to consult them so that you get both sides. And it's not just a sensational Hollywood pick, yay, that really has maybe one modicum of truth to it. Okay, but you just talked about it, like the Green Book thing. I thought that the Green Book, fam the family of that musician, they uh, said that they're, that I thought they were saying that they didn't believe that he was gay. And so in the, in the in Green Book, in the movie or in the story of this guy's life, that he was a closeted homosexual sexual and so mm -hmm. the of uh, the family saying no he wasn't gay so talking to them the fact that they don't know about their the, the about this about his sex life or whatever or don't want it be, be made public is it, I, don't, I don't understand what talking to them is going to do or aid your story wait a minute tachi i just got a text in oh my god the gucci family is coming out against TV channeling, they are threatening to sue us if we continue to talk about them and their family. Well, I am so upset about this, Tachi. I hope people clearly, talk about the fact that the Gucci family is out to get us. Clearly, uh, the views expressed by <laughs> Kevin are not necessarily the views of TV channeling. Remember, one of them was in prison. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. That wasn't me. But uh, no, I am. Um, uh, no, what what you were saying about the fact, yeah, that is absolutely correct. But there were some other things that they found inaccuracies in, and that that was the thing. So the point is that when it comes to, it, it's not about whether or not you think something, and not you, but you implied that a journalist or whoever is doing thinks that oh, that's not going to do anything. The point is that you tried, so nobody could say. But did you talk to the family? And you just have to say no. Yeah, you, you need to try and reach out to somebody because then when it com comes out to, well, we tried and nobody uh, you know, got back to us, so then we did our own thing. You didn't even try. That, that's the point. You need to try for a balanced point of view. All right. Uh -huh. All right. Soup kitchen uh, scene, I guess we'll put we'll put one move a scene in the movie where she's working in a soup kitchen in between all of the uh, busboy hand jobs. But anyway, that's another story. The views expressed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that explains why the Gucci family wants to sue us. Oh, no. Sue you, Kevin. Sue you. <laughs> you. Not I. You. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. You ready to move on? Yes. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about Adam McKay. Adam McKay says that casting John C. Riley in the HBO Lakers drama instead of Will Ferrell led to their split. And in fact, the director told Vanity Fair, I effed up on how I handled that. Hmm. So he says his longtime friendship and partnership with Will Ferrell came to an end after he decided to cast their mutual friend and collaborator, collaborator John C. Riley in the HBO drama about the 80s Los Angeles Lakers instead of Farrell. So in September of 2019, the news broke that McKay had cast Riley in his currently untitled HBO Lakers drama when the series was still in pilot stage in the role of former Lakers owner Jerry Buss. So Riley was a replacement for Michael Shannon who left the project over creative differences. Um, then, uh, Farrell, he revealed that Farrell had wanted the role and McKay made the choice to pick Riley behind Farrell's back in an interview with Vanity Fair. He said, I should have called him and I didn't. And Riley did, of course, because Riley is a stand-up guy. So John, um, 
Riley Michael called C. John, 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 John C. C. John, yeah, yes. John C. John C. Okay, I forgot the C. But John C. Riley called Will Ferrell. <laughs> so, so I, I want to hear what you think. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I, I, I do think that that was very stand-up of John C. Riley because also he knows that they've had a lot of collaborations and made a lot of money working together. So he, he was smart enough to realize that he wants to keep that relationship good. And um, and the idea, I don't understand how Adam McKay would think letting this come out in the press would be a better look than reaching out to Will Ferrell. Uh, even even using terms like behind his back. That's not behind his back. That's how ca- all casting is. Everything is behind somebody's back. You know what, Tachi? Last night, I decided to have pizza for dinner behind your back. Because um, I didn't consult Kevin, you until I'm having pizza for dinner. Well, Kevin, I don't think we can continue then anymore. <laughs> pizza behind my damn back. Yeah, well, okay, it's so crazy to, to use the term behind behind his back. No, what he didn't do was reach out to him saying, like, I've made a decision. When you have a relationship or when someone's a certain level of star and they have read for a part and it's publicly known that they are vying for this role, you don't let the press release the information that, that it's been cast with somebody other than this person. You reach out to them first so they hear it from you first, especially if you want to have a relationship with them in the future. I, I'm stunned that he wouldn't know this, and John C. Riley knew this that that was the right way to do it. And I'm 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 honestly I'm honestly stunned that he didn't realize that was the right thing to do. It may not have been the easy thing to do, but it's better to do that than this. You don't you don't ghost uh, uh, somebody like Will Ferrell and then be surprised that he's not happy with you. You, yeah, you don't ghost people at all. I think that the the problem was the way he did it. We could probably also argue the fact that the problem was that he did do it, but it was also uh, mo- most likely the way that he did it. Because again, it's his project. He can go ahead and do what the hell he likes when it comes to it, regardless of relationships. But if you want to preserve relationships, you think about those things. And you just have to be honest with uh, whoever it is. You have to be stand up, as you said, and say, look. Um, and, and then the thing is, too, was also selfish because then you put John C. Riley in the middle of this. So that's why, I mean, he had to go and tell Will Ferrell. Because he already knew, he had to go and tell Will Ferrell. There's no damn way. Because to just show up and then you're part, because then they both would have been on the um, the list. <laughs> everybody everybody knew that that, uh, that role was being sought after by Will Ferrell. So I don't understand why Adam McKay, I'm sure, met with, uh, maybe did some, uh, uh, had an audition, even though you don't really call it an audition when somebody's of, at that level, they come in and read or talk about their idea of how they'd like to portray the character or what part of the life they'd like to focus on. If they want to focus on the soup kitchen part of the person's life, or if they oh want to focus on the hand jobs on the bus boys, oh that, God. that it's, that's the part of things they need to discuss before things go into production and whatever the, whatever uh, Adam McKay discussed with Will Ferrell, he decided, decided that Will Ferrell wasn't right for the role. And I don't think that if Will Ferrell, unless he's super insanely petty, I don't think the issue isn't that he wasn't selected. The issue is that it wasn't, he wasn't, they, he, wasn't reached out to to let him know that he wasn't going to get the part that he uh, uh, I think thought that he was going to get yeah no absolutely I'm, I'm not saying he's petty at all I, I'm just saying that the, 
it, there's also a thing of, well, when you expect that this is something that you think you're going to get, and then like you said, and you don't get it, um, there's that. But then not only did I not get it, but you didn't tell me that you were casting somebody else. So that's another thing. Okay, all I can say is if, if, if we were if, if uh, we were both up for some uh, the same kind of uh, position, there's no way if I got a call saying, oh, Kevin, we want you to host this and we've chosen to go, you over Tachi, uh, that I would not reach out to you before some kind of public statement or whatever. And then I'd be like, which? Go ahead and take that. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I am joining the lawsuit against you with the Gucci family. That's right, damn it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> See, I'm joining right in with them. We're going to get you, Kevin. <laughs> but I reached out to you. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Not good enough for the Gucci clan. I sent you guys an edible arrangement. Those aren't cheap. <laughs> Not when we eat gold covered caviar. Be gone, peasants. <laughs> I should have paid for the extra cantaloupe. Anyway, so oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, you've got me hungry for an edible arrangement. But anyway, <laughs> wow. All right, well, I let's hope talk some, let's talk about some more casting news. Yeah, yeah. I hope they're able to, uh, to, uh, you know, resolve that. So let's keep uh, going with this. Jennifer Aniston, Gabrielle Union, Katherine Hahn, and Allison Tolman are joining the Live in Front of a Studio Audience series. Now, if you remember, they've done a whole bunch of these live. They did the Jeffersons. They did All in the Family. They did, they, was it just the Jeffersons and All in the Family? Or have as they far done as I know, I don't, oh, uh, what, they may have done it one day at a time, but I'm not sure. But I, I, they, so far, they have been doing Norman Lear uh, uh, shows uh, uh, they've been doing the focus on with these uh, reenactments of of uh, of scripts from the seventies, but now they're moving on to the eighties with uh, um, an episode of the Facts of Life with uh, actresses like uh, Jennifer Aniston and Gabrielle Union, which and Catherine Hahn. Oh my God, she is so in, she's so insanely funny and on fire right now. I can't I can't imagine how that's not going to be a fun time. It should be. I enjoyed both All in the Family and The Jeffersons. They did a really good job with those two Norman Lear uh, shows. So I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with Facts of Life. They're probably going to take the good and take the bad and then take them both. And there you have the Facts, the of, facts life. of Life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then they're also doing different strokes. So they're doing both in the same sitting. It will be December 7th. So we have about a week or so at 8 p.m. on ABC. So they're going to, if you don't remember, if you're too young to remember the Facts of Life, uh, they're go they were went to a private school. They were teens at a private school in Peekskill, New York, uh, called the Eastland School. It was fictional. And then it was the spinoff of that was, no, actually the Facts of Life was a spinoff of Different Strokes, correct? Yes. Yes. All right. So um, Different Strokes is also going to be there. And that's, of course, two young uh, black boys who were taken in by Mr. Drummond and his daughter and housekeeper after the, because their mother was the housekeeper for Mr. Drummond. Yes, right? uh, the, the, the story yeah. was the mother was the housekeeper, but she got sick and she ended up dying. And um, and they uh, the her boss took in 
um, took in her sons, her surviving sons. And uh, he had a daughter that was away at a boarding school. She isn't even initially on the show at, at first. You don't see her. You hear about her, but you don't see her uh, for, I think, uh, several episodes in the first season before the the, uh, the daughter comes back uh, to uh, home from school. And what they how they ended up spinning it off was... Um, they go to visit, I think they go to visit the school and we meet the girls at her school. Yes. And that became the facts of life. So let's talk about who's going to play who. So Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston is going to play Blair, who was originally played by Lisa Welchel. Gabrielle Union. <laughs> I, I don't know. G could you guess who Gabrielle Union I is going to play? I have no idea who Gabrielle Union is going to play. Let me There's think. so many. Is she going to play Natalie? Could she hmm. play Nat? I don't know. No, I be, don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe she'll play Joe. She hmm. could be a Joe. She has that kind of Joe. But no, no, I don't think But if can. not her, maybe Mrs. Garrett? Could she play Mrs. Garrett? Uh, she'd be a little too young to be Mrs. Garrett. I mean, well, I guess all that's left is the one black character named Tootie. Wait mm. a minute, maybe she's gonna play Tootie. That could be it, but you know what? We could be wrong. So you know, we don't hold your breath. We'll find out on the seventh uh, whether or not we're correct. Uh, but yes, according to the deadline. Union is going to play Tootie. <laughs> How did we not know that? That's what I don't get. Yeah, anyway. it was it was hard to figure out. Well, I I, I wonder if they're going to have any cameos. They did cameos uh, with some of the original stars in when they did the other re the other readings of uh, old scripts. So it'll be interesting to see if they work Kim Fields in or something like that. That'd be really fun. That would be really fun. So Han is going to play Joe, and then Tolman is going to play Natalie, and Ann Dowd is going to play Mrs. Garrett, who was the house mother for them. Now, different strokes. Um, is going to uh, be interesting. So let's see, where are the, I'm trying to see who's playing who. Um, I don't think they've said who's going to play who. Well, Kevin um, Hart is going to be in the different. Oh, I see it. I'm sorry. So I think so, it's pretty clear who Kevin <laughs> he's Hart is going to play. He's going to play Willis. Anyway, now um, John Lithgow is Mr. Drummond. Damon Wayans is Willis, so I wonder who Kevin Hart is going to play. I mean, that was just such an obvious thing. So yeah, Kevin Hart is going to play Arnold. Yeah, oh, but the funny thing is, I think I think Kevin Hart is exactly the same height and same size as uh, uh, Gary Coleman. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do a nod to the original show by having him wear the original wardrobe that Gary Coleman <laughs> wore when they actually filmed the show originally. I'm sorry. I think Kevin Hart is a little bit taller than Gary Coleman was. Well, it, maybe if he's wearing Tom Cruise's lifts. Lips or lifts? Lifts. Okay, I thought you said Tom Cruise's lips. Why would he do that? Anyway, so um, the, the teaser, uh, it does, they, there's a teaser, and they are revealing some surprise guest um, appearances. But the only surviving lead cast member from Different Strokes is Todd Bridges. Todd Bridges. Yeah. Um, but everybody in the lead cast from uh, Facts of Life is still alive, except for Charlotte Ray, who passed away in 2018. Well, as well as, um, what is her name from, uh, who played Phyllis on... Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, 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 uh, oh, I'm seeing her face. Um, uh, 
She also was in, oh gosh, I'm seeing Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah, she was in Miller, Mary Tyler Moore show. She was in um, the um, the Young Frankenstein with Gene Wilder. Horace Leachman, that's Horace it. Horace Leachman, Le- yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Yeah, when Charlotte Ray left the show, um, uh, they brought uh, they brought in Horace Leachman to kind of be the uh, elder states. Uh, statesperson or kind of the watch over the girls even though the girls were pretty old at that point um uh, but she was still kind of brought in uh on the last few seasons of the show and uh who you know who remember who else was on there at the same time oh god um uh give me a second um uh er george clooney george george clooney Oh yeah. my God! They add George. If they have George Clooney on the show, that'll be everything. We won't know what to do with ourselves. We will not. So um, it is. Uh, it is executive produced by Norman Lear, Jimmy Kimmel, Kerry Washington, Brent Miller, Mir- M- Miller. Excuse me, your friend Will Ferrell, Justin Theroux, and Jim Burroughs. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, no, this is actually really good. And if you remember that a lot of these people made appearances on the last um, set of of these. uh, Why do I want to keep calling it Watch What Happens Live, but live in front of a studio audience? So that's that with that. I'm looking forward to it. December 7th, ABC, folks, 7 p.m. Sorry, 8 8 p.m. I do want to say what was really classy was now everybody knows that Will Ferrell also wanted to play Arnold in the Different Strokes reenactment, but that part went to Kevin Hart. But Kevin Hart reached out before it was announced, and he and Will Ferrell are still cool. Oh, Kevin, you're all heart. So, hey, he's another Kevin. Mm. <laughs> yeah, this, this Kevin isn't homophobic. So anyway, um... <laughs> Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it what, moving. What is going on with Chris Cuomo? Well, uh, Chris Cuomo. Well, or did we want to talk about Hawkeye first? Oh, okay. Let's talk about Hawkeye. Let's do that. Let's do that. So Hawkeye viewership is 40% behind the Loki premiere in uh, Disney Plus homes that are measured by um, Samba, which is a measurement uh, company. So, um Hawkeye on Disney Plus drew 1.5 million U.S. households over the Wednesday through Sunday holiday stretch, while 1.3 million stuck around and watched the second episode. So this is according to, like I said, Samba TV, which gives viewership stats um, and measures 3 million households. Um, The first episode number for Hawkeye trails the five-day U.S. household viewership for Disney Plus slash Marvel's Loki, which was watched by 2.5 million homes over June through thir- uh, June through 9th through 13th by about 40%, negative 40%. Um, so is anybody surprised? Not, I know I'm not. Honestly, I don't understand how this even got made. First of all, Hawkeye could not be a less riveting character if they tried. And I don't understand. I've never understood why he was even a part of the Avengers. It's just like, okay, you have all these beings with super strength and like an actual literal God. And you have a guy that can shoot a bow and arrow. I mean, like, really? It's like, can anybody give less of a damn? I, I, I'm sorry. No offense, Hawkeye. You tried, but is anybody surprised? So I think this is what you're going to see. But let me ask you, do you think we're going to continue to see this trend of less popular Marvel characters being given series or are they done with it? 
Oh, I, I think they're going to find some characters that, that have less uh, notoriety, but they have to be interesting to start with. My point isn't that Hawkeye isn't particularly popular. It's not an interesting character. So there's there's tons of characters. The whole the the genius of Marvel with like the Avengers were lesser known comics. Those were not marquee uh, characters when when they started making movies about them. But they were interesting. Or Guardians of the Galaxy. Most people that weren't hardcore comic fans had never even heard of those characters or that franchise until they started making the movies about them and they turned into sensations. And so if there's some lesser-known characters out there that most of us haven't heard of that have really interesting stories to tell and they decide to do that, I'm all for it. But some guy with a bow and arrow, I'm like, no, I need a little bit more than that. What if the arrow turns into flames and writes messages in the sky? How about then? I mean, I don't know. I think I'd rather watch a story about uh, somebody from a fashion house uh, giving hand jobs to oh, busboys. But that's just me. <laughs> Are you gonna make that story? Because that's that one's not made. <laughs> well, I, I, I believe that 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 was made by uh, by Ridley Scott. So yeah. But anyway, yeah. So I, I'm I'm surprised that anybody would be surprised that Hawkeye did not uh, did not do as well as Loki. Loki was incredibly fun. That I don't know. It was Loki is a character that everybody has grown love that whole love to hate thing. A villain that everybody had a good time with, and. Hawkeye is like the lowest rung up. Literally, it was Black Widow and then Hawkeye or were the two Avengers that have no superpowers, just regular people. She was good with the gun. She was like a, a former spy. And Hawkeye was just a guy with a bow, so, a bow and arrow. So I, yeah, no. Yeah, why are they superheroes? They're just good with their weapons. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I, it mm. it always feels like there's some kind of superhuman or supernatural. Um, well, although Peter Park, well, no, he was bitten, bitten by a radioactive, by a radioactive spider. spider. So I'll be quiet. He does. So it becomes part of their DNA where there is something innate in them that allows them to fly or do things. Well, but, I guess it's like the, the closest thing to that would be Batman. Batman has no superpowers. He has super gadgets and he's super smart. And so that was what Batman was. And so I'm not saying that you can't be an interesting character without superpowers, but Hawkeye, literally, it's a guy with a bow and arrow. I I don't know. Uh, my apologies to those people who love the Arrowverse, because there was a guy named Arrow who's the exact mm -hmm. same kind of character in uh, on the CW shows. All the shows, all the superhero things came from the first show was Arrow, and all the offshoots from that uh, we're all in this, they call it the Arrowverse. So some people, clearly there are people out there that find guys with bows and arrows uh, interesting, but apparently not as uh, Hawkeye, they found that guy with the bow and arrow less interesting than Arrow, who launched the whole superhero-verse uh, on the CW shows. So essentially, this is just an overfunded archery club. At yeah. a high school, okay. Well, it'll be interesting to see what. Oh, I don't even know what the next uh, series of a Marvel uh, character is set to go into a series, but it's got to be more interesting than Hawkeye because I literally I live for this kind of thing. I thought that uh uh, uh Hawkeye uh not Hawkeye what's his name um the Winter Soldier and um hawk and the winter soldier whatever that mm -hmm. was incredibly compelling i i enjoyed that very much and looked forward to it i looked forward obviously to wandavision was everything mm -hmm. i i heard this came out and didn't even he didn't even think about watching it
Yeah. Uh, anyway, good for you, Hawkeye. Not really. Maybe that we'll see what happens. Oh, that I'm sure the the checky cash at Marvel slash Disney checky cash that cleared. So he's he's fine. He doesn't care. Oh, he's, no, he's fine. He's he doesn't give two dams. But they're, they're, they're you know it's like <laughs> okay. Well, so like this. So we don't know um, if there's going to be. Um, uh, anything more to this. So it kind of like reminds me of, remember um, with Rush Hour and um, at the end in the outtakes and Chris, Ro- Chris um, not Chris Rock, Tucker. Chris, um, Tucker says, damn, he's not going to be in Rush Hour too. So that that's basically this. Oh, there will definitely not be a Hawkeye season two. Yeah, yeah. I was, I, he was lucky to get one season. Exactly. And didn't well, deserve that. But he's got his check, so he's good. He can go and get his Trader Joe's groceries with no problem. All right. Not a sponsor. Not at all. <laughs> we wish. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's move on to uh, we got we got a couple more stories for you all before we let you go. Uh, let's let's move on and talk a little bit about Chris Cuomo, shall we? You ready? Yes. So it's come out. It's come to the attention of everyone involved, according to CNBC, that. CNN host Chris Cuomo used his media sources to find out information about his brother's Andrew Andrew's accusers, according to records. So if you don't know what happened, of, of course, the, the uh, former governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, was disgraced forced, former disgraced, governor thank you the disgraced former governor of new york resigned after accusations of sexual harassment and misconduct multiple and multiple exactly so chris cuomo was actively in touch again according to cnbc uh with a top aide to his brother andrew cuomo about incoming reports that detailed alleged sexual harassment by the then New York governor, according to these records. So CNN said late on Monday afternoon that they would review the documents. And Chris Cuomo also lobbied to help the governor's office as it sought to weather this storm of accusations. And he dictated statements for the then governor to use. Then, three days after the New York Times reported in March about how Andrew Cuomo attempted to kiss a woman, Anna Roosh, I don't know if it's Roosh or Roosh, I don't know how to say it. At a wedding, um, Chris Cuomo texted DeRosa, I have a lead on the wedding girl. Now, go, go ahead, Kevin. I, I'll could. Well, I, 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 if this brings Chris Cuomo down, oh, so be it. He absolutely deserves it. I can't believe, I understand that this is his brother, but he knows what kind of role he has he, if he wanted to put somebody in touch with his brother that could be a crisis manager for him or whatever and handle it, that's one thing. But to take an active role and dictating statements and all that kind of stuff and, and getting leads on quote-unquote wedding girls, the latest, the latest uh, uh, quote-unquote like uh, old-school term bimbo eruption that had to be handled, um, uh-uh, no. Yeah, he needs to lose his show. So in in uh, Melissa DeRosa was the governor's top aide at that point. And Chris Cuomo said in a message in early March, please let me help with the prep. So in addition to that was I have a lead on the wedding girl. So apparently 
A CNN spokesman, uh, Matt Dornick, said this, the thousands of pages of additional transcripts and exhibits uh, that were released today by the New York Attorney General deserve a thorough review and consideration. We will be having conversations and seeking additional clarity about their significance as they relate to CNN over the next several days. Chris Cuomo told investigators that he engaged with what he described as, quote, sources about these allegations against his brother. Um, And they were described in at least one news article, according to the records. He also said, Chris Cuomo also said that he talked to the sources about the yet to be published stories from the news media outlets. So here's the thing. Separation of church and state. You are way too close to the thing. This is why you need to, you know, recuse yourself, which I think he did recuse himself of, of reporting about stories. Oh, about after he was, so he was called out. Remember, he had his own brother on his show and asked him softball questions. And, and, and CNN got, uh, uh, got read on social media about it, and they mm-hmm. should have been. I yeah. can't believe that he would even... He would even ask that. It was a bad look for him and his brother. It did not help his brother. I don't understand what he was thinking. I don't understand what CNN was thinking, even allowing that to happen. It was a huge mistake. They could have let Don Lemon should have basically interviewed his brother, uh, who could, uh, whose show was before his or followed his. That would make more sense. But not to have interview your own brother who's in crisis, being accused of, a, of assaulting women, is ridiculous and then for you to publicly uh i mean sorry you to be behind the scenes trying to maneuver and get information and uh and 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 spirited back to your brother's people just yeah he needs to go down cnn if they were smart would would drop him like a hot rock see that he should have just stayed in his lane not gotten involved in any type of way. Don't interview him. Don't help him behind the scenes. Because the thing, you know, the point is there were these multiple accusations or whatever. He's grown. He has aides and people to help him defend if this was not, if this was not true. So why are you trying to get involved? What this does now is put you in a bad light in terms of you trying to so it's curtains for you as well why you would even participate is beyond me but i know that when it comes to family sometimes there are some families that are so staunch and support of each other that come right come wrong they will support do what they need to do because family comes first but you see what happens when you don't use common sense just saying. yeah uh, what people always use that phrase ride or die well yeah uh, yeah he needs to die so at least his career needs to die for pulling some stunt like this. This is the absolute worst. I, I don't understand what he was thinking. He how, wasn't. How, yeah, how could this possibly end well? And in fact, I feel like people need to look at all of uh, all of his uh, uh, co-workers and I, I don't know, what's what's his name? Uh, Will, uh, uh, Farrell, Farrell. Um, Mia Farrell's son. What is his name? Oh, uh, oh. Uh, I can't remember. I'll look it up. Wait, Mia Farrow's son, who's the reporter, um, basically he needs to be getting in touch with all of the pe- all of the women that have crossed paths um, with Andrew Cuomo, uh, 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 brother, and 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 because I I feel like if you're going to basically defend your brother and go after the women 
uh, who were accusing him. It, I wouldn't be surprised if he was doing a lot of the same exact things that his brother was doing. So I feel like, yeah, there, there, uh, there's, there's smoke there and probably fire uh, lying along with it. It's Ronan Farrow. Yeah, Ronan, you need to get in, get on this. Get in on it. You did a great job with other things, but get in on this. Anyway, so that's what's happening there. We will see. It remains to be seen what happens, even though we know what should happen. Anyway, and we have a final story about The Simpsons. You ready, Kevin? Yes. Okay. So The Simpsons, according to Design Taxi, have introduced their first the first boyfriend of a key male character so Wayland smithers who you know is the assistant i don't even know what the hell he does for mr burns but he's, he's his assistant yeah that's I, what I, I thought but you know who knows so he's mr burns's assistant and he's found new a new reciprocated love and the viewers are going to get to uh, meet him when this episode portrait of a lackey on fire oh god the name Airs on November twenty first. So this yeah, uh, it already aired. It already aired. Yeah, it aired. I I saw it. Yeah, when it aired, uh, it it aired on November twenty first. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. So what did you think? What what since you saw it, what did you think? Well, well I don't understand uh, when you told me about this story. I don't understand why it was news because this is not the first man that missed that that Smithers has been involved with. So I'm trying to remember because I he actually remember. he actually dated um, Marge's hairdresser at one point. They were uh, they were uh, seeing each other in an uh, in an episode of The Simpsons. So this is not his first boyfriend. This but isn't was it? This isn't the first time we found out that Smithers was gay. I don't understand what I don't understand why this even warranted an article. Well, is it is it the first time that um, because in the article they say reciprocated love and and he was dating that the Marge's hairdresser or whatever but was yeah, it they were, they were a, I thought they were a thing they were, were they actually, a thing thing they were what? a thing thing I thought thought <laughs> I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know so anyway um I guess uh the, his love life was pretty stagnant which is why they uh <laughs> kind of came up with this whole thing so, um, well, because uh, the whole thing with Smithers is that he's been in his his love is unrequited as far as his boss. He is in love with Mr. Burns, and he's been in love with Mr. Burns, and they were hinting at it for for years and years and years until they got more, finally outed Smithers all the way. But his love, he he's been in love with him. So, as far as unreciprocated love is his love for Mr. Burns, but this is not the first man that 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 Smithers has been involved with. Oh, yes, I forgot about his undying devotion to this Burns man. Definitely. Um, yeah, so that I don't I don't understand why they made a big deal of it either. I didn't realize that there was another uh, relationship that he had. Uh, the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I thought well, maybe he was they weren't like they didn't make a big deal of it in the episode. And this is the first time it was actually, oh, this is a boyfriend. Well, the difference then with also with this particular guy was he's also rich. So he happens to be mm. um, a very famous fashion designer and yeah. he's a billionaire too. And so I guess this is the the first reciprocal relationship he's had with a billionaire because uh, the billionaire that he's wanted all this time hasn't been interested in him or even know that he was gay. So I guess wow. that's different. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm still kind of stunned that, that this was... Uh, even a thing. 
Mm. Well, it won't last. <laughs> Probably. Oh yeah. They, oh, they're already. They already broke up at the end of the episode. It's already over. Oh, see. Look at that. I mean, I. They're like uh, Lisa and um, uh, what's his name? The the bully. Oh, Nelson. 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 Remember when they were together for yeah, one episode? Yeah, they were together episode. for one episode. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's that same type of thing. All right. Except they're adults, not kids. Anyway, that about does it for the TV channeling massive. Kevin, this was fun, as per usual. Oh, I'm, I had a good time, too. Now, will I be happy when I have to uh, hire attorneys to try and fight off the uh, Gucci family? No. But other than that, it was fun. <laughs> Maybe somebody can, in the audience can give you some recommendations. Maybe we have some attorneys in the audience. I don't know. Um, anyway, so, Kevin, um, would you like to ask me something? Oh, yes, Tashi. Um, okay. I'm sorry, I was, I was busy uh, consulting attorneys when you are, uh, instead of asking you, hey, Tashi, how can people <laughs> listen to our show other than how they're listening right now? Well, the cool thing is you if you are listening live right now on uh, Wisdom, that's cool. But you can also listen to us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, WJMSRadio.com, and TVChanneling.com, our own website where you can listen to past episodes and check out upcoming episodes. And guess what? If you're listening to us on one of these wonderful podcast platforms, go ahead and leave us a review and subscribe, okay? We, we'd love a review. That would be helpful. So if for some reason you want to join in on the lawsuit that the Gucci family will have against <laughs> Kevin, and you want to be an upstanding guy like John C. Riley and let him know you're joining in on that lawsuit, how can they reach us on social, Kevin? Well, I'll have so much more respect for you if you reach out to me first and let me know before I get served that I'm exactly. being sued by you. Uh, yes, you can reach out uh, uh, many places. You can reach out on Facebook. You can reach out on Instagram or my personal favorite, Twitter. We are TV channeling everywhere, and we would love to hear from you. Not just about lawsuits. If there's a show you'd like us to review or recap, or if there's something going on in pop culture you want to hear our take on, just let us know. Fantastic. And with that, we are going to let you get back to whatever it was that you were doing. We appreciate all of your listening. We appreciate your comments. We appreciate your reviews. And we appreciate your subscriptions. With that, bye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, here on TV Channeling, we watch bad TV so you don't have to. I won't say anything about the Gucci family. Cheers! <laughs> Bye. <gasps> Bus boys. <laughs>